We hear a lot today about justice. That's a big topic of conversation, but our world doesn't seem to be trending toward greater justice. We seem to still be in a society where we trade one injustice for another. And maybe that's because we've lost sight of this attribute of God, which is the justice of God. So today we're continuing our series on the attributes of God, and we want to focus on his justice, which is often attacked by non-Christians and Christians who will, who will doubt this and say, is it really that important for God to be just? But this is really essential to understand, to understand the character of God, to understand how we should live in the world. So we're going to define the justice of God, show where the Bible teaches it, and then we'll explain its significance. So we got, again, Mikey Johnson with us. So Mikey, what is the justice of God? How do we define the justice of God? Yeah, so the justice of God is the fact that, well, God is just. He rules the universe by a righteous standard, and he holds people account accountable to it fairly. Yeah. He punishes those who deserve punishment, and he rewards those who deserve reward. So okay. he's righteous, just. Okay, so he's a perfect judge. Yeah. Good. Okay, so that's the justice of God. Where does the Bible teach this and emphasize this? All over the place. Um, a couple examples. For instance, Psalm 9, verse 7 and 8 says, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. Or Psalm 97, 2. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Wow, that's, that's big. Yeah. I mean, that's that's very... It's essential to who God is. This is yeah. really important. Yeah. Or even classic verse Exodus 34, when God defines who he is, basically, he says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Hmm. So the fact that he's merciful and just at the same time. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. So even in the very name of God, yes, there is grace, there is steadfast love, but there's also justice. And right. those, well, we'll see, those aren't pitted against each other. They could be, but in terms of how God resolves those, God can be both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Yeah. So those are a good few examples from Scripture. Um, but let's let me ask a few common questions. So one is, what does God's justice looks like? How does he reward and punish people? Yeah, so on the last day, so when Christ comes back, so he's already come once, he came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for us, rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven, and now he's promised in the same way that he left, he's going to be coming back. On that day, God is basically going to hold everyone accountable for what they've done. And so people who are righteous, who have, um, who have a righteous account, will be uh, rewarded with eternal life with him in heaven, in the new heavens, new earth. And those who have an unrighteous account, they haven't obeyed God, they will be sent to hell, eternal condemnation, um, punishment for their sin apart from yeah. God. Yeah, so, so that's the ultimate eternal justice or the meeting out of justice. In the meantime, we do see hints at this, right? Yeah. Even though it's not perfect right now, but we will right. see that there are some inherent consequences to sin, Right, right. Um, certain behaviors tend to lead to certain outcomes right. that are that are destructive or all that. But but some people will say, well, if God is just, why does He let bad things happen to good people? Well, there's a couple different ways you could answer this question. I mean, one is that God actually does 
have bad things happen to good people for their good. So for instance, all over the place in the Bible, it talks about God giving trials for the sake of people growing in their faith and trusting him. Um, Another explanation as well is the fact that really there are no good people. Everyone has sinned against God. Um, Yeah, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 3, for instance, is a, a good verse to cite for that. But yeah, no one really has that righteous account. And so no one really deserves good things. So any good things anyone does get is really God's grace acting. Yeah. There was really only one time where bad things happened to a good person, right? Right. And that was Jesus dying on the cross. Well, his life as well. But, and we don't tend to get upset about that one, right? right? But, uh, but that, well, well, we'll, don't get ahead of ourselves here. Let me ask you this question. If God is just, why do good things happen to bad people? I know some people that get really upset about the bad things happening to good people, quote unquote mm-hmm. good. Um, but often people are upset of why does that person prosper? And the, the Psalms ask that question a lot, right? right? Okay. So, why, so why is that? Well, the really what all the Psalms say when they're talking about that topic is the fact that even if things don't seem fair right now, even when evil people are prospering, the, the key word is that they're prospering for now. Yeah. There is that... Um, eternal judgment that will come that we know is coming that God has promised and we know that he will judge fairly. So no one will get better than they deserve or worse than they deserve. They'll get exactly what they deserve. Um, and so we have that hope and that, um, that encouragement, that comfort knowing that evil people will have justice in the end. They will get what they deserve. Yeah. Cause there's obviously certain topics that get, people really riled up. Like for me, it's thinking about, you know, child trafficking, things like that. Right. It's like you, you, that's when you pray in pregatory Psalms, right. And you do it without reservation, right. That those people that do those evil things would be destroyed for destroying God's children, you know? Um, and there's, and you can know, you have confidence that at the end, God will give to them exactly what they deserve. And, uh, I think often in our culture today, we're like hesitant to say that Yeah, as if we have to always just, kind of say nice things all the time. Mm-hmm. No, there are some people who are so <laughs> evil, right, that we can say, I, man, I, I, I want them to repent, obviously, yeah. but I want that their works to be destroyed. Yeah. And so it's a good and encouraging thing that God that God does that. So so good things happen to good, bad people because we live in this in-between time where right. the final judgment hasn't been given out, yeah. but we know that God sees everything. Yep. He doesn't miss one detail. He will reward the righteous. He will punish the wicked. That's what he does, and he will do it perfectly, unlike any human judge. Well, another question, why does this matter? Why does the justice of God matter? Yeah, so I mean, it it relates to all the things we've already talked about, um, understanding how to understand uh, injustices in our world today, the fact that there is a final judgment coming, and so we can know that things will be right in the end and take comfort of that. But most importantly, I think, is really that the justice of God is the necessary foundation, background that we need to understand the gospel. We can't understand the gospel without the justice of God. The justice of God is what makes Christ's work necessary. Hmm. So because all of us have sinned against God, all of us deserve punishment, every single one of us. And so the only way that we can be freed from that punishment that we deserve is because God sent Jesus who was a perfect man to die 
the death that we deserved. Yeah, because I think a lot of people think, well, God should just forgive. He should kind of just wave his magic God wand and just forgive sins. Right. But we neglect that. What Scripture says is that God cannot do that. Right. So Proverbs seventeen fifteen right says, "He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord." Mm-hmm. So if you call a righteous person evil and you condemn them as a judge to the death penalty, you're evil. Yeah. But also, if you say a wicked person can go free when they're guilty, then you also are an abomination. So God right. can't do that. He can't just say, I'm not going to make you pay for your sins. Every sin must be paid for. Right. Which brings us to the cross of Jesus Christ, which which helps us to resolve that because we are the wicked who need to be justified. Right. And if God can't do that without himself being wicked, we're at an impasse. We have no hope. Right. But the the cross solves that problem, right? Yeah. And and that's where, you know, uh, Romans 3 comes in, right? Yeah. That that Jesus can be both the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Right. Because of the cross, because he has satisfied the justice of God for his people, right? Yeah. Praise God. I know. Amen. Um, well, I, I think the justice of God, yeah, it matters to explain the gospel. It matters for how we shape societies too. Totally. Right. As a whole kind of whole different topic, but it matters obviously for how we live today that we should live and model and reflect the same kind of justice. So, of course, the justice of God is the foundation for how we build a good society and a righteous society. Mm -hmm. And when we lose sight of that, as, of course, our country currently is, Mm -hmm. we're going to be in increasing trouble. And and we've seen that, right, a a devolution into sin and destruction. But this is a a great topic. Any any last thoughts? I wanted to share... Uh, one of my favorite hymns, a ver- or part of a verse from one of my favorite hymns, uh, Before the Throne, because this is really highlighting the fact that God is just and the justifier oh, that's good. Yeah. of the wicked. So Before the Throne, this is the second half of the second verse of the hymn. And it says, Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God, the just, is satisfied to look on him, Jesus, and pardon me. To look on him pardon me. Amen. That's great. Praise God.